I feel like, is it quieter than normal in your ears? Or maybe just my headphones are down. Um, oh, maybe my headphones are just... Hello? Hello? Oh, my God. Oh, those are your headphones. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Those are right. <laughs> so why is it so loud? everybody and welcome to the Anti-Drug Social Club podcast. I'm your host Kim Sacconi and today we have with us the executive director of CFC Loud and Clear, the co-founder of Anti-Drug Social Club and the elf on the shelf extraordinaire, <laughs> Alyssa Regan. Hello. Hello. I'm so happy to have you back. It's been so long. I know it's been like eight months or I can't even think that far back. March I think. I know. And I would love to be selfish with like everything that's happened in the past eight months, but maybe you could give everybody a little update. What's been going on? <laughs> um, well, personally, eight months has been pretty crazy. I feel like we've done um, a ton of trips and we've just been really busy with obviously the transition with CFC, all the drives, and we had the rescheduling of Rock the Farm. And then we jumped immediately into like our next fundraiser and it's just been like off to the races really since January. But yeah, a lot has happened, but you know, we're still here. We're chugging along, doing the things. Have you listened to any of the pods over the past? I listened to all of them. I am a avid listener. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the only one that I did take me a bit to get on with Zach's, but I really did enjoy his. I think my favorite one probably has been that one over the the whole Zach right the whole year yeah. I know he's like I feel like I want to become his manager like I want to be like Chris Jenner <laughs> for his life because I think he's about to blow up so I'm like uh standing on every interview I'm like putting him in there and I'm like just so you know if you ever need a manager like yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so trees up yes decorations up yes yes um, all of the things what would you describe your aesthetic as um <laughs> so I recently I'm into this we've talked about this before but um I don't want to play into the consumerism and I want to be minimalist and all that stuff because my ADHD is really bad around this time of year it bad in general but mm-hmm. especially around this time of year I feel like eye clutter is a big thing um but I just love Christmas I can't stop like yeah. I can't stop <laughs> so I did just get rid of like all of my plaid and all of those like loud busy things um, and then just do like a couple pops of red and stuff here and there. But I'm a white Christmas light girl. I refuse yeah. multicolored lights. Absolutely not. You know, my mom's <laughs> like that too. I don't mind like the white or like that golden hued mm-hmm. one. Yeah. We got one of those trees that you can change the, the lights on and yeah, you like can do LED different thing. colors and stuff. Um, and you can do a multicolored setting. So the kids always want it because it's rainbow. So we put it on when they're awake. And then when they go to bed, I turn it off and put the white lights on. Um, but yeah, we decorate, we, we go pretty all out for Christmas. Dan's like the, like, (laughs) he's like the, the Christmas light man. So we decorate our uh, Christmas tree out in front yard. It's like 45 feet tall. It might even be bigger than that. I'm not sure. It's crazy. Um, and we, when we bought the house, he said that he really wanted to turn it into to like a giant Christmas tree and we were gonna do this tree lighting and the first year he couldn't get it like up and going every person that came to the house was like absolutely not I'm not going up in that tree like you need a cherry picker for that (laughs) 
Um, we found some random guy last year that was willing to do it, and it was so stunning. We All of the neighbors were so excited about it. They left us, like, a ton of cards and gifts and things, and we have a neighbor across the street who has dementia, mm-hmm. and her daughter told us that uh, she makes them turn her couch around so that she could sit on the couch at I night and drink her that. tea <laughs> and look out the window and see the Christmas tree, so... Um, we did it again this year with a professional uh, Christmas tree like service, and it's just it's so stunning. I love coming home and like I hate seeing that it gets lights. dark at four o'clock in the yeah. afternoon, but I love coming home and seeing the lights. It's the best thing. You know, my mom was like big on like the color coordination and the lights and like putting up the decor. And then I think I used to get anxiety around setup time because there was always like big arguments mm-hmm. in my house or because it's just so much pressure. And then like who's good working in a team? Who's- yeah, I used to be really crazy with worrying about like the aesthetic of Christmas and like how great everything is. When we first had our first apartment, we we had very minimal um, decorations. Mm-hmm. Um, we got like whatever we could from like five dollar section at Walmart and stuff. Our, we actually just got rid of our first Christmas tree so it was like nine years old um and I try not to put too much pressure on it now because it just makes it more stressful and if it doesn't look like everything goes together who cares like as long as it's something that you like and it makes you happy then it's not a big deal I will say the hack for the Christmas tree is to get your kids like a teeny tiny Christmas tree they have a little one in their playroom that we bought it's $15 we got it from Target and they can pick out all of their ugly ornaments and they can put it on that tree and it can look disastrous and it's fine because they love it yeah and they can <laughs> the rainbow lights the big tree yeah <laughs> put the rainbow lights on your tree yeah. <laughs> uh you know i have to say too the the ornaments that Alyssa threw out we used over at our tom's river location for the listeners listening in and they're so cool there's like these cute they're like let's say they're about four inches mm-hmm. in diameter mm-hmm. and um they look like farmhouse. They have like no, some plaid, some balls cotton. Balls of cotton. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what so we were going funky, for. When like, we moved so into cool. our first apartment, I was like on this like, I wanted to be like Joanna Gaines, like this like cottage core or whatever. And then the stuff that I bought was really not that. I've, I've definitely grown in terms of what I like for, I'm so not a Joanna Gaines cottage core kind of. Yeah, like it was a phase. Modern farmhouse is more of what her thing is. I'm more like, I guess you could say like the the Hobbit. I want to live in like a dirt Like hole. a fairy kind of. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, no, definitely like fair. That makes a lot of sense for you. And I don't think I ever like thought of you in that aesthetic. Mm-hmm. But like a fairy aesthetic is probably what you are. Yeah. You're just like mischievous. Yeah. But also I want, like, like Yeah, I want it very and... earthy and moody and but also with like a hint of like academia. Yeah. I'm like all over the place, but we're slowly honing in like what I like now the that, vibes. that we have we have the money to, <laughs> to actually invest in like yeah. pieces you, of furniture. You know what I mean? How much like, so when I bought my old apartment um, and I was living by myself mm-hmm. and Christmas came around, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll just get a Christmas tree and I'll, mm-hmm. and then I start looking at the price of just the Christmas oh trees alone. Yeah. And then I realized why my mom's kept hers for 20 mm-hmm. years and just rewraps yeah. the lights. Yeah. <laughs> a, a nice Christmas tree, like one that like, so I'm all for a pre-lit Christmas tree. I think that they are a lifesaver. They save so much time um, and energy and just... You know, you don't have to try to find the one little bulb or whatever. But if you want to buy a good Christmas tree, you're like, you're you're looking at like $250 for a Christmas tree. Yeah. That's crazy. Most people can't. Like, <laughs> I, a couple years ago, I could not afford a $250 Christmas tree. And then you have to buy all the decorations and all that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It ends up being like a whole thing. You know, it was the cutest. So my mom growing up, like, 
one i always avoided the initial setup i like stall like i'll procrastinate mm. going downstairs because that's like where the start of all the heat starts because it's like where does the plug go in like why is this top not working where's this so um i found it hilarious uh this year it started like and now we did three trees over here so we did uh the farmingdale tree and i told my mom i did three christmas trees i'm done for this year she's like oh i wouldn't even ask you was the exact (laughs) conversation and so then it was the farmingdale tree within two days and then we did the tom's river uh the festival trees and then this tom's river site yeah and then i decorated my own tree i know exactly i was like this and then my mom's like we're doing the tray Mm -hmm. and i'm like i i hear you guys are doing yeah, the tricks. I, mean, I heard the argument like early. Um, and then I get down there and only two rows strings of lights are working. This is like an old, old tree. Mm-hmm. And she's like, we're going to have to get new lights. Larry, go. I, I like, you know, it's like a whole thing. Is yeah. it the fuse? Is it this? Mm-hmm. Like, and then I'm like, all right. So and I just start too popping long to get the lights. And like, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I just start popping shit in. And my mom's <laughs> like, uh, I don't normally do it like that. But yeah, I kind of like it. Okay. Mm-hmm. But like it was started out tense and I feel like every time I get there, it's always fine. It mellows out because I'm like very creative. Um, my dad. <laughs> I've seen some crazy trees, like especially with social media now. Everyone, your house doesn't have to be constantly what you would be considered like TikTok or Instagrammable or whatever. Like, right, yeah. It, I've seen like they put all the bobbles together and then they like tie them to the tree and then everything has ribbon and it's everything's color coordinated and all that stuff and that looks amazing and great um but if you can't afford to do that or you don't have the time or energy to do that you shouldn't feel pressured to do it like you should just like to look at that's why I have all those weird ornaments like I've I'm like it's enough yeah Yeah. like enough with the stupid like let's have everything look the same I want a cheeseburger ornament you know yeah I love the ramen one from this year yeah my I think my favorite one is is my stick of butter it's definitely that one's cool yeah that one's fun you you're so funny because you're like more of like a collector in that sense where you find like these funky like trinkets and Mm -hmm. you're like oh I need them and I, like, love the way you display them, but my mom always made me associate, like, these old, like, weird trinkets and collectibles with, with like, like, hoarding and yeah. dirty mm-hmm. and, like, so I remember being younger and seeing certain trees and, like, associating them with, like, dust mm-hmm. if they yeah. had certain, and it's funny, as I get older, I'm like, yeah, but I think I'm a funky ornament girl, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I think that's where, like, the less is more. Like, so we just got, my mother-in-law gave me all of Dan's um, nutcrackers. When he was younger, his family, when he first was born, he got, like, the first Christmas, he got a nutcracker. And then for every year, for, like, 20 years, he would get a nutcracker every year for Christmas. And they would sign the bottom of it and, like, put a little That's note. So and it's, cute. like, really cute. So she gave them to me. And now I have, like, 30 nutcrackers that I have to <laughs> <laughs> put in my house. I've got an army. Um, and I've displayed them, like, on, like, behind the couch. And they're really cute. And they're they're old. You know what I mean? They have, like, some of the signatures and stuff are like from his grandfather and the, the oldest so one's cool. from 1990 so it's like the arms are falling off the hats are falling off it was just like recently re-gluing them back together and stuff but it's so special and so I knew that we were getting that and then I also really love like those like townhouse the glass villages yes. I just love them I yeah. think that they're so beautiful and cute and I just love them so um I know that I have those two big displays so I got rid of a lot of my well, not rid of. I just didn't take it out. I left it in storage um, so that it doesn't 
like there's not so much to look at you know what I mean there's only a few things and it's not like super eye clutter Mm -hmm. um but I like that stuff but I can understand why other people some people are just minimalist I think by minds Mm -hmm. like my mom's always been good at that I'm not I'm not a minimalist I I would love to be you know I say it every week I'm like oh what do I say I'm gonna do be a minimalist yeah you're gonna be a minimalist and you're not gonna buy into consumerism and then you shop for Christmas and I send you you a picture of something I bought Mm -hmm. yeah like two minutes later (laughs) and I'm like I don't yell at me I needed this (laughs) but I'm really gonna get better this year that's a big do you have new year's resolutions for yourself um oh my gosh I really so last year I feel like a big focus on what I was doing because I was stepping into this executive director role was really focusing on therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did a lot of the inner child therapies um, and I started doing like a lot more like self-help stuff. I wish I could consistently go to the gym. Um, I would love to like wake up at 5 a.m. and go to like a yoga class or something yeah. like that. Like start doing more things like that. Um, now that I feel like in an okay place where I'm at with my therapy. Um, but yeah, for for the resolution, I don't, I don't really know if... I think it's just taking more time to to spend with my family and just being kind of happy where we're at right now instead right. of yeah. like looking for the next thing and I definitely think like the consume like consumerism kind of aspect like yeah. doing more homestead stuff I want to really focus on like my bread making I want to learn how to can food I want to grow a garden um, and just do little things that I can do on the weekend that kind of give me a disconnect from society yeah the virtual the the constant like go of stuff and I do want to limit my social media unfortunately because where we work I feel like I'm on Facebook or Instagram or or TikTok (laughs) all the time because we're posting something for CFC or we're following some kind of campaign or something but I want to make sure that like I really do I don't want to be on my phone as often I'm constantly on my phone I feel like and even like around my kids and stuff and I just I'm doom scrolling like at night when I could be reading like I so want to finish reading my book or like I want to draw or like write poetry but instead I'm like scrolling on my phone it's very funny because I feel like I've talked to a few people this year and then you heard on the last like short I did Mm -hmm. that like I really am looking to to just like be still be comfortable with where I'm at like not make fast moves and that's really what it is it's like I think for a lot of people they just want to slow down this year Mm -hmm. like we've been moving at such high speed uh and maybe the pace had to do with COVID. Maybe mm-hmm. like that slow down for so long, everybody had to pick up speed to catch back up mentally, physically, right. spiritually. And then now everybody's like, all right, we could slow down again. Mm-hmm. So I think it's like a matter of like getting grounded. I don't know if you saw like, you know how they break down like what each generation maybe is for their purpose. Right. They were talking about how millennials, their their main purpose is to bring back the roots again. Mm-hmm. So to like the, the growing, the bringing back the nature and like all yeah, those things. I saw that um, a TikTok that you shared with me um, that was very similar to like what I want to start doing with being more self-sufficient. I think we've bought into a lot of just for the convenience of things and maybe we don't need to be convenienced all the time. Maybe we do need to like slow down and start doing things that take time and be frustrated with the process um, so that we can appreciate like the outcome more often. Yeah. Um, And then the same thing with the kids. Like I've been seeing a lot of people um, posting. It's like a trend now. I don't know if they're actually doing it, but um, in a lot of the parenting groups, like saying yes to your kids more when they ask if they can help you do something. Yeah. Because oftentimes, like you want to get the thing done. So you tell them like, no, not right now. We could do it later or whatever. Like the Christmas tree. I actually let them decorate the Christmas tree, the main tree this year. And I haven't moved anything. I didn't change anything. Mm-hmm. I just let them do it. Um, and did it take more time to do that? And were we like, 
we could have just banged it out in 10 minutes absolutely but it gives them the opportunity to help to feel independent and be a part of something at the same time Um, and it makes us slow down so that we actually enjoy decorating the tree you know what I mean yeah that's a really good point Mm mm-hmm The slowing down process and enjoying, and that's a really hard thing for people with ADHD. And I think both of us really, uh, there were a lot of struggles in the past year for our mental health, the symptoms, ups ups and downs, uh, probably coming close to burnout for both of us at some points. And um, I think like that instant gratification of someone like with, for me at least, ADHD, um, not getting something right, right away and getting it done right right away is like very frustrating. Mm -hmm. But then like not enjoying life and looking back and seeing how much I rushed through is like another frustrating thing. So I think um, I'd rather slow down than speed up, Mm -hmm. you know? I saw a thing that said um, in one of the parenting groups that a normal day for a parent is just any other normal day, but for your child, it's their childhood, Mm -hmm. which I feel like puts a lot of things into perspective obviously not every day could be like you have time to bake cookies with them and and slow down and do fun stuff some days you really like you're throwing yourself in and you gotta you just trying to make it through the day because it's Mm -hmm. your busy day and and whatever you don't have time to do that um but I think making sure that you have more time to schedule those things in and making it a priority when you're there with them you're actually there with them I think is is what I'm going to work towards for for hopefully in the future it'll become a habit but definitely for the next year so talking a little bit about inner child this is a little down there but um I remember last year when we were shopping in Target for Tallulah and Levi and specifically Tallulah because I think (laughs) um that's gonna be the person that's gonna fuel your inner child the most Mm -hmm. you know um you had said that you feel like more fulfilled or you feel like you're like giving your inner child like gifts when Mm -hmm. you buy for them Mm -hmm. can you talk a little bit about that experience yeah so I think right now so Tallulah's turning five soon and obviously she's going through like a very transitional time in terms of being a toddler moving into that more of like a younger um, child stage like into a child Um, and so there's so many triggers that happened for me as a mom because I didn't have a close relationship with either of my moms. Mm -hmm. Um, And then growing up, I wasn't allowed to be a child. So my constant fear, especially with Tallulah, is that I'm not connecting with her on the right level or that I'm going to somehow do something wrong that's going to like traumatize her for the rest of her life. And those are all like little things that I'm working through. It's not me as a parent. It's just the things that I've gone through. Um, but more of the fear of being conscious that I'm not doing anything that could possibly harm her. Um, and some of those things that I do is like, I'll go to the store, not like actively, like I'm like, I'm going to give her gifts and it's going to make her think I'm a good mom. But, um, I'll go to the store and I'll see something that I know that she'll like, like when I'm shopping for something completely different and I see something that she likes and I know she's going to like it. So I'll, I'll pick that up for her, whether it's just a book because she loves to read, she loves arts and crafts. So Um, I'll get her coloring books or I'll get her, you know, new Mm -hmm. crayons or something. And I feel like that's just, um, it's really helpful to me because I wish I was, when I was younger, people would notice things that I liked um, and just let me know like, hey, I was thinking about you, even if it's something small. You talked a little bit on this um, one that you released on Monday about like love languages and things like that. Yeah. I definitely think um, I'm like an acts of service, gift giving kind of person. Yeah. And so... um, that's definitely like I love being able to shop around for Christmas and like know that I'm getting them the gift you know yeah 
Um, and uh, yeah, so that's really special. But it is also something that I have to be mindful of too. Yeah. Um, because With boundaries, kind of. Yeah, because now my kids, like when I pick them up from school, they're like they're expecting me to have like a surprise for them or something. It'll just be like a lollipop or something, or the skeleton from the trunk or tree yeah. in the car. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or like something funny in the car, like set up whatever. And I can't keep up with that forever. You know what I mean? Or I, yeah. I can't be consistent in it all the time. So I just have to be mindful about that because I don't want to make them like expectant that they need right. to have things, you know? I, I remember growing up for me, my mom would always say, you guys are spoiled but never ungrateful. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And I think that's like such an important, like there's such a, a line between mm-hmm. the two. And mm-hmm. you could get, I, I think anything that's above the bare minimum of what you as a parent are yeah and I mean it's not even just toys and things like that like for Christmas you know and not just for Christmas but just in general like yeah you know getting her a shirt that has like her favorite cartoon on it or something like that and it's it's really small like the other day I did buy her she has a um, Christmas show this week and I bought her like a little necklace that had a bow on it because it's like a Christmas present Um, and she is wearing it to school today because she's she wanted to show all of her friends, even though she's supposed to wear it yeah, for like her it Christmas made her show. So happy. But she was just happy, and it was five dollars, and it's like it's gonna break. Like it's definitely not gonna make it through the Christmas <laughs> season. Um, but I don't know. I just it makes me happy to know that like what you know what I mean. If, yeah. if I have the two dollars to spend on the lollipop when we're standing in line at yeah. Home Depot, what is the point of saying no? I and I feel like I mean, granted, this is with boundaries mm-hmm. again, but like I think that money is such like I I value money, but I don't value money. Mm-hmm. You know, like I really value people, and I know that like for a lot of people, like getting like that monetary something, it's just like something they connect to that they're mm-hmm. like, whoa, this person went out of their way and like mm-hmm. put this together, and like the gift is so important yeah. to me like actually very funny guys yesterday was my dad's birthday and I thought <laughs> I got the gift and it was such a funny rejection like in <laughs> slow motion and uh, my dad likes wearing matching sweatsuits and like he does like loud prints so I thought leopard was like so Jersey Shore and so funny <laughs> and so I got him like the Yankees leopard and he Hated it, hated it so much. I was cry like my face. I could cry right now thinking about it because I (laughs) just like the slow rejection. And then he just like kept going with it. And then at the end, he's like, "Thank you, like talk, like just get away from Mm -hmm. me," you know. Mm -hmm. And then my mom's the best because even if my dad would have liked it, the second she's like, like they're so funny that if my dad says, um, "You want ice cream on?" It's because he wants ice cream. If Mm -hmm. she says no, he's like, "Me neither." (laughs) <laughs> you wanted the ice cream stop yeah. you know so um but that was just yeah hilarious I think we were too with like this. kids like especially so Tallulah's used to Levi not so much because he's still little yet and he's got a lot not a lot less toys than Tallulah but definitely like a significant amount less mm-hmm. um and so we make sure that every season almost every season like every couple months Tallulah knows that she has to donate some of her toys and we donate her clothes and she's a part of that process so she gets to pick through all of her toys you know the ones that necessarily she doesn't want to play with anymore or that she might want to give away to another kid um and so even like she just re- reminded me the other day she's like Christmas is coming and I have to go through all my stuffies and give away like some of my stuffies so oh. to make room for the new stuff. Um, and so I'm hoping that in doing that, I'm teaching her that, you know, and yeah, Levi given, when he's ready, yeah. that, you know, you can give and you can take, but it's more important to give. Um, 
And so, yeah, I don't know. I it it heals a little bit of Alyssa. It's also a bit of a selfish thing because I want I just want my kids to have everything all the time. <laughs> okay, this is a random conspiracy question. Just because you said that, um, I had this history teacher when I was in like ninth grade, I think, that said there is no such thing as an unselfish act. Do you believe that? Like, think really deeply, though. Um, I. I don't know. That's a hard one. I think because they say no matter what, even when you do it for like kind reasons, you're doing it to fulfill your own spirit. So it's still selfish. I mean, obviously, good selfish is better than bad selfish. But yeah, I mean, I guess I I guess if you really think about it, that is true. Like you're not no one really ever does anything for nothing. And I think most people, when they think of that, like, I'm not doing something for nothing, yeah. they think of, like, the outward, like, the recognition for something, like, public recognition for right. something. Like, like you'll see, like, we were, obviously, we work in a nonprofit world, so um, a lot of times we do do things for nothing. Like, we don't even get, like, a post on social media for the, some of the drives and stuff that we do, but we do feel good about giving away those things and it makes us feel I think internally as like a better person because we've done that one thing um so yeah I guess that would be true um but I don't know I don't know I I feel like it's like a moral it's like a moral thing you know what I mean you don't want to feel like you most people want to feel like they're doing something out of the kindness of their heart with no expectation of anything back but I guess you do get you do get something back. Right. You know what I mean, you, at least yeah. the emotion of it. I mean, I've definitely gotten less than I feel I deserved. But even with that, mm-hmm. like, there's the thought that like there was something. But like, I definitely would say, intention wise, always good intentions for every mm-hmm. human being. Like for myself, I think that's why people like me and you work in nonprofit. Mm-hmm. We want to be like servicing people. It does fulfill our spirit, and it is um, life that you know we don't get a camera that's carried around with us that see like all the little things. Mm-hmm. But in general, I try to carry myself with like love and peace to like spread hope. And I guess it does fulfill me too. But I guess that's what we're all searching for. So. Yeah. What a concept. I'm going to, yeah, I, I need I a deep dive. It. Yeah. I can't yeah. wait for Dan to come home. Cause he's going to want to, he loves those philosophical questions. Yeah. I just like randomly thought of it because you said that. So let's let's talk a little bit more because obviously the holidays are coming up. We mm-hmm. do have that Duffels of Love drive and it's very specific and like close to you and it really started from mm-hmm. your idea. We know basically what it is because I've talked about it a thousand right. times. I'm sure everybody's sick of it mm-hmm. hearing about it. But do you want to talk a little bit about, um, okay. we're doing it to honor your cousin, Elizabeth Clare. Mm-hmm. Do you want to just give everybody a little bit of, like a picture of yeah. Lizzie? Yeah. Um, so I'm adopted, as a lot of you know, especially if you listen to the first podcast. Um, so Lizzie is a part of my adopted mother's side of her family. Um, my adopted mom and her sister were both adopted from separate families. Um, and then Lizzie is my aunt's like biological daughter. Um, she has a sister, Savannah, who I'm super close to, um, and then a younger brother, and um we they lived in canada for most of my childhood so we would go back and forth between um canada they came to jersey a few times but we would go like in the winter and then sometimes in the mm-hmm. summer and we spend time um on the lake there and we would camp out and um it was just we were i was probably like 12 13 when we first met so yeah. those are like formative years as a girl 
Um, and I so I'm one of 12 kids, but I never actually had like a close connection with any of my sisters because a lot of them are, are much older than I am. I'm the youngest girl. Yeah. So um, this was like the closest uh, connection that I had with uh, family members that felt like sisters. Savannah and I are two years apart. And then me and Lizzie are six five or six years apart something like that um so it was I felt like the big sister yeah. um and I was able to uh you know really connect with them and and those like summer times were really special for me um Lizzie was really goofy and just like um really charismatic and and silly and she never really took anything too seriously um she was a super emotional person like she just mm-hmm. everything would either make her cry or laugh or she just was someone who expressed herself in like a really good way. Um, and she was beautiful. She had beautiful blonde hair and a ton of freckles and these bright blue eyes. And um, she just, uh, she had a really hard time growing up. Like my cousins didn't have it easy in Canada. Um, a lot of the education there is, makes it really difficult for them. Um, and both of their parents were separated. So um, unfortunately, my uncle struggled with like addiction and mental health. And then so did my aunt. Um, and so it created a lot of tumultuous time for them. Right. And um, Lizzie especially like really struggled with it because she was such an emotional person. She just took everything like internally and had a really hard time like grappling with like life in general it was really hard for her. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, she passed away two years ago to addiction. She it started like as a gradual thing for her. Um, there were like telltale signs as she was growing up that there were some mental health issues, depression, um, self-harm, things like that. Um, and she kind of bounced around from Canada to her mom's. Um, she stayed with us for a bit and then, uh, went back to Canada. And the last time that she went, she decided that she was going to join, um, Tent City, which is like where a lot of the homeless population live in Canada. Um, so she took a bus and uh, she went there and she stayed there basically until she passed away. Um, and she had a lot of friends there and, and people really cared about her. She just preferred to be to do things on her own mm-hmm. um, rather than like not necessarily receive help from people. But she was really cautious of of getting close to any one person. She didn't really want, you know, the help that we were we were trying to give her. We tried really hard to get her to intervene with her um, several times, and it just was not successful. Um, when she passed away, my cousin went to collect her belongings, and they found uh, like a box full of stuff that she had intended to give to her nephews at the time, like um, baby clothes and things that she had collected. And my cousin was homeless. Um, you know, she struggled with addiction, um, heroin specifically, and she didn't have a job. She had no money. She'd mm-hmm. been homeless for years. And so... I know that for my cousin Savannah to to see that box to receive those belongings was really an emotional thing for her um, because Lizzie would have had to save what little she had um, to to be able to get those items for Sorry. no it's okay <laughs> um, to get those items for my nephews um, and that just really spoke to who Lizzie was like it didn't matter where she was in her life um, and how she was struggling she it still mattered to her. family still mattered to her and the core things still mattered to her um and so i think that losing her was really something that was very difficult for my cousin and i <laughs> um I'm like for you. <laughs> no that's okay um losing her was really difficult because it was obviously my cousin lost her sister but it really felt like i lost my sister too 
Right. Um, and she just struggled a lot of her life. I mean, she was really young when she died. She was only 23. Um, but she had a lot of hardships in those 23 years. And I feel like life was really unfair to her. Um, and uh, when she passed, she was an organ donor. And um, she successive, yeah. uh, successfully gave five organs, um, uh, successful transplants to different people. So Amazing. she saved five different lives. Um, and it was just a real testament to who she was. Um, and, you know, I wanted to do this drive, uh, specifically for the homeless community, because I think that, you know, just making people feel like they're, someone loves them and that they are wanted. And maybe this is the decision that they've made for themselves. I think a lot of people look at the homeless population, um, and they think that no one wants to be homeless. And I, I think that that's true. I don't think anyone, like, wants to be right. homeless. I mean, but for Lizzie, this was a decision that she had made for herself. She felt like this was the best decision for her. Um, and I really wanted to be able to honor that. Um, and I think that, you know, receiving something like that might have been really helpful to her in, that, in those moments, you know, when she felt like yeah. she couldn't talk to us or she was alone. Um, and the duffel bags are really significant because I grew up in foster care and would go from home to home, to home and we didn't have uh, suitcases or like our own personal items to really keep with ourselves and we had to pack all of our belongings in a trash bag. And when you have to do that, whether you're in for the foster care system or you're homeless and you're carrying your items in a garbage bag, I mean, you're really, you feel dehumanized and you don't feel like... Um, you're important or that you're, you know, you're wanted. And so I wanted specifically the duffel bags to be a part of the initiative so that um, other youth, they have something that belongs to them mm -hmm. and they have some kind of, they feel like they have some kind of dignity no matter where they go, whether that's, you know, moving on to their own, their own places, or maybe they, you know, they stay in these like homeless communities and things like that, but at least they still have something of, yeah. of significant value that they can hold on to. Um, so that's really the drive, and that's about Lizzie. Um, yeah, it's really in a nutshell. Um, I miss her a lot, and I think about her, like, almost every day. Um, and it's really sad being in this field and losing someone, like, so close to you. Yeah. You want to feel like you can um, save everyone. And, um, you know, we have the success rates that we do, and we do a lot of amazing work, not to toot our own horn or anything like that. Um, but it's been proven that what we do works. Yeah. Um, but there's still just the realities of addiction. You know, you can't it's save hard. everyone. Yeah. Um, and it is it is really difficult. So um, I'm hoping, again, we talked about like the selflessness thing and no one does anything. And I guess that, that in this case, that's true because it, it allows me to kind of feel like I'm still doing something for her. Yeah, like making a difference. Yeah, or, or even though she's she's not here. Like it's it's something that like I don't know holds me yeah. over a bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now I I honestly the whole reason one obviously I'm adopted so I always look at like everyone's life really it's a gamble where you end up mm -hmm. you know so I just got very fortunate where I ended up in my situation and it still wasn't perfect I still ended up where I ended up but mm -hmm. um. I, uh, when you initially had told your story and then, um, obviously the drive came up and specifically then the, we were talking for Ocean Harbor House, the right. kids over there, it was just so impactful for me that I have no bounds with how much money I wind up spending <laughs> as well. You see, I'm like signing up on the mm -hmm. list and like, um, and it's just the most 
beautiful drive. I wish I could see the kids open it. That's yeah. the one stinky thing. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, that's the part where it's like, is it really selfish? Because we could have chose kids that we could have watched them right. open. Mm-hmm. But, you know. Yeah. I mean, I you go back and forth. I think yeah. it, in this instance it feels if I think too much into it yes like there are there are plenty of other people that we could have just in my case with the with the angel you know what I mean yeah there are plenty of other people that we could have adopted as the angel and I kind of selfishly have made her the permanent angel for now um because it's just what I wanted to do you know what I mean because it makes me feel like I'm doing something for her I think that it's her like it's really her legacy and then I think as the years go on someone may come Mm -hmm. up at some point that you're like we need to honor them Mm -hmm. this year but I think what you're doing is beautiful yeah and I think that this gives this initiative gives the opportunity to have more angels because unfortunately we know that in this field there are many Um, and so not every drive has to be like for her specifically you know Um, but yeah I think uh I think the drive is Lynn and I had talked about it when she was getting to retire. She was kind of like, what do you want to do? That's like, quote unquote, yours, like something that you like have a vision for. Um, And we talked about the foster care system a lot. We've talked about it like pretty much since I've known her on how I can kind of connect my experiences um and with cfc and this is like a big way for me to be able to do that and we've talked about before a lot of our clients are adopted um or have been in foster care system obviously my biological parents are still in active addiction um but those aren't things that i really not that i don't connect to anymore but they're they're i'm not in it anymore and Mm -hmm. this is more of what like I feel like I'm able to do that can still acknowledge those things um, and tie it all together. So yeah, people yeah. do that in recovery too. Mm-hmm. I think the people that um, like to consistently help people in recovery, even when they have a lot of time in any mm-hmm. sort of form, I think it's a way to like bring yourself back to like home. Right. Um, like uh, yeah, like humbling. remember yeah, yeah, remember where you came from. Yeah. Okay. So this is another little random spin of a question. Um, do so obviously you decorated for Christmas. Do you have any like religious ties to anything specific or um like what would you say your like beliefs kind of fall into um so dan and i have talked about this a little bit now that our kids are older so we have no like denomination or anything like that Mm -hmm. we don't lean one way or another um his grandparents and his mom they do have like the nativity scene and stuff um, and they've given us several. Um, so we do put those out for Christmas. And Tallulah understands the story of the birth of baby Jesus. Um, and uh, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that her, like, uh, babysitter is very religious and talks about, um, like, they, they were doing prayers and stuff since they've been little before dinner and those mm-hmm. kind of things. We still kind of do those traditional things here and there. Um, but we don't really have any significant connection. But we were talking about this recently that we don't want Christmas to be Santa focused because then it's right. about just receiving gifts. Consumerism. Um, yeah. And so we talked about like the holidays in general um, because there are a lot of like Thanksgiving specifically is tied to Not horrible nice. historic yeah. things. Obviously things that like happened and like mm-hmm. whatever they were acknowledged then but not necessarily something that we find very important to have to you you have sorry to interrupt mm-hmm. but you have native culture in your mm-hmm. background yes. as well right yeah uh do you know what tribe um the shinnecock tribe oh i live on shinnecock i know that's so, so funny. funny isn't it so weird that is so weird i yeah. love that so um 
so obviously the kids are really little so right now we're not going to get into like what thanksgiving <laughs> started as kind of thing yeah just um so we started right just now. doing the holidays are really about spending time with your family and um fostering those traditions that bring everyone together so um Thanksgiving, like we wake up every morning and we watch the parade together. We have to watch the whole thing through, um, which the parade itself is so ridiculous, but that's what my mom did with me. And so I wanted to do it. And I just, I yeah. don't know, I love all the dancing and all the fun. Um, so, and then we usually make pies and things like that. And then we go and we spend time with the family and it's just about eating and spending time together and, you know, yeah. reflecting on what you're thankful for and those kind of things. And then the Christmas holidays, Dan's family makes, uh, ravioli and cinnamon bread I love the pictures every year I know they're so amazing because the kids get so much bigger every year I know I know and it's just it so (laughs) Dan's family like they have a lot of Christmas traditions yeah um they they take the holidays they have niches yeah yeah. like they they have a lot of niches they take the holidays pretty seriously yeah um and so we really just want to focus on like those old traditions that tie you back with like you know home yeah your ancestors and and this is why this is important and this is why we do it because it's you know to spend time and build those memories together Mm -hmm. and then the plus side is that you get like santa comes and he brings you christmas presents or whatever because you're doing all the good things yeah we don't do good things just so that we can receive good things we do good things just to do them um maybe i'll pose them with that history question when they're a little bit older (laughs) (laughs) yes as we spoke through your history through Christmases and holidays probably has been like super transitional for you through mm-hmm. every phase. Could you kind of like explain like if you could do like a run through of what it felt like through the years, like the transition of the holidays to you, like your relationship with them? Yeah. So my earliest memories of Christmas, um, I was a ward of the state. So I lived in uh, the foster care system. So in and out of foster homes and group homes mm-hmm. and Christmases were like a hit or miss there some families would get us gifts um other families weren't like wouldn't and I remember my first Christmas in foster care at my first foster home um they had two daughters of their own and they they brought gifts for their kids on Christmas day and then didn't get anything for my brother and I and that was the first year that I was like okay I was only six so I was like okay so Santa like forgot about me you know what I mean um and then obviously you go through like you meet other kids while you're in the foster care system and you talk about all types of things um and you find out that Santa's not real and so I found out Santa is not real in a very traumatic way which I don't know if it made me feel better that Santa didn't forget about me or worse that my foster parents just didn't want to buy me Christmas gifts I don't know people are really cruel like they're so mean just as an adult like you know the trends on TikTok like as an adult yeah, I like could, I could never. I could never but like, do something like that. As a kid, I forgive you. Yeah, yeah, like, I could never do something like that to a kid. It's so still so mind boggling to me. Um, so Christmas was really hard because it was kind of another thing that would set me apart from other mm-hmm. kids. Like you know, we would come in. I was already transitioning in and out of different schools and things like that, having a hard time making friends, not living in safe communities, and then like Christmas would come around and all of the kids would get great Christmas gifts or whatever, and they would come into school and they would talk about what they got, and then I had nothing, um, or yeah, really nothing. <laughs> so that was yeah. really hard. Um, I did tell Dan that one of my favorite Christmases that I can remember 
was actually in a group home. Um, the family that owned it, they lived there. So it was like mom and dad. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was probably like 25 other kids in the house with us. Um, and it was like a boarding home. So like we had like our own rooms and it was very like hospitally. And we, they made us get up in the morning and we made Christmas cookies with them in the, in like their big like industrial kitchen. Yeah. And then, um, we had like a whole Christmas dinner. And then after the dinner, we went into town for hot chocolate, which was like, are you kidding me? We got to walk. That sounds so fun. Yeah. We got to walk into town and there's all the Christmas lights and we got hot chocolate and it was just like a field trip and that was so fun. Yeah. Um, and then when we got back, there were kids from the local high school that did like a toys for tots, like drive for us. Um, and they were really like, they were Christmas gifts that were like labeled like boy and girl. They were not specific to me. Um, but I got a princess tea set. You and told me about this set. It was one of those yeah. sets that you could put. It was like the the whole body of it was like a teacup like or a, a teapot. And then inside the teapot were like all of the cups and the plates and stuff. I love that. It was so like simple and stupid, like little plastic teacup set. But it was the first gift that I was like, oh, my gosh, someone got something for me. And I loved that thing. Um, and so that was so special and really my favorite memories of that day was just because someone was spending time with us, you know, taking time to make Christmas cookies and take us into town to get hot chocolate and like send love, like show love, receiving love. Yeah. Feeling like you're, you're receiving love. So, um, yeah, Christmases were really difficult for me when I was younger. As I got older in my adult years, my, um, adoptive parents, we did celebrate Christmas and they got us gifts. Um, and I remember getting like some gifts that I was really excited about, like an iPod Nano and like mm-hmm. a, when I finally got my cell phone when I was very far along in high school. <laughs> um, but yeah, we did, we did Christmas stuff. We didn't have a lot of traditions with my parents. Like I don't think we ever had like a specific Christmas dinner mm-hmm. or anything like that. Um, nothing like super special in that sense. And we didn't have like family over or anything like that. It was kind of just like a private, quiet Christmas. Um Unfortunately, like as I moved into my adult years, Christmas became like a really tumultuous time for me um, because my brother's birthday is the day after Christmas, my youngest brother. And um, my first Christmas after high school, I would have been uh, 18. I decided that I was going to go with my then boyfriend to go visit his mom in the city Mm -hmm. um, for Christmas dinner. And my mom said, absolutely not. You're not doing that. We're going to spend time together as a family. And I was like, well, we're, I'm going to bargain with you a little bit. We're going to go like we're going to go in the, at night. Mm-hmm. So I'll stay and open gifts with you and we can do whatever during the day because we didn't really do anything on Christmas. Yeah. We just open gifts and then it we would simple. just yeah. be lazy all day. So I didn't think it would be that big of a deal. Um, now looking back on it, I'm 18 and I probably shouldn't. My boyfriend sucked. <laughs> so I probably shouldn't have been traveling um back and forth with him but it was like the principle of the thing was my first like big pushback with my mom right um being like no I'm gonna do this um so I decided to go and um I came home and I was like locked out of my house and it was a whole thing it was kind of like the kickoff to that next year the following Christmas I wouldn't even be living at my parents house anymore it's crazy so um The Christmases after that were really hard because the first Christmas without my parents was the first Christmas with Dan and his parents and family. Like they have huge family traditions. They had the biggest Christmas party I've ever seen. Like 
even bigger than the ones yeah, that you've been to. Yeah, they're similar to my family, No, too. this was, yeah. like, they had, like, bands. They had multiple tents oh, yeah. set up. There was, like, they're 400 crazy. people there. Like, I, I could not believe that they even knew that many people. Um, and then they do the raviolis and the bread and the – and there's just – they're together for four days yeah. in a row, like, just mm-hmm. enjoying each other for Christmas. And that was – should have been, like, a really special thing for me to be, like, a part of it. But it was so overwhelming. Yeah. Like, I was, like – I cannot believe this is what I've kind of missed out on my entire life. Like just the togetherness Mm -hmm. and I'm not with my family. My brother's birthday is coming up like, and I have no contact with him. And so I remember I would cry like all week, the week of Christmas for years, like three years at least. Like, cause I couldn't see my brother. I couldn't talk to him. His birthday was coming up. I felt like I was missing out on so much. And like, here's this other family that like, they're enjoying life and they're doing all these amazing things and I still didn't feel like I deserved to be a part of that you Mm -hmm. know um so that was really hard for me once I worked through all of those things and kind of started to understand like no I do fit here and and I kind of I just have to take the leap and jump in Mm -hmm. um then yeah the holidays became something really special for me and then I became a mom and then it was like I'm gonna make Christmas Mm-hmm. the best time for my kids you know whether it's gifts or anything else like just yeah. being able to spend time with our family and, and creating those tradition and those memories um so yeah it's been a very transitional time for me but I think overall like the constant theme that I struggle with is like I'm great with giving love like I, I'll love everybody you know what I mean mm-hmm. I'm I'm definitely standoffish when it comes to certain things but I'm I'm yeah. definitely an emotional person I love to love on my friends and my family and mm-hmm. Um, especially my kids, but I have such a hard time receiving love. So like the Regans never did anything to me that first year to make me feel like I wasn't a part of that Christmas. They bought me Christmas gifts. I was dating Dan for like a month and a half. They didn't have to buy me Christmas gifts, but they wanted me to have something to feel like I had something to open on Christmas because that's what you do. Yeah. Um, and So for me, it was just working through that, like, receiving love. Like, they're not doing it to be like, ha-ha, you don't have a family that doesn't love you. Like, why would you think that? But that's because that's been, like, my history, the pattern of, like, of just that tradition and and just my life in general. Yeah, it's just like a trigger kind of. Yeah, so, um, yeah, Christmas still – there are moments, you know what I mean, where, like, you still feel sad. I think that's, like, working – through trauma and just the healing process and you're never 100% healed I don't I think if I've learned anything in this past year is that it's never over it's never over yeah Yeah. there's always going to be triggers and it's going to be like the smallest little thing for something that you thought that you were over and you might be over it but there's still going to be moments where it triggers you so there are still times where I'm like you know I really want my mom like I miss my mom and I want to like get her something or just see her you know what I mean or her her to see me kind of thing or like I would love for my parents to be a part of these traditions and and be able to do those things because we didn't do those things growing up um so yeah those are things that that you still work through but I I still love the holidays I I think always as a kid I still loved the concept of the togetherness and and doing things um just to to be able to create those memories yeah, I, I think I started, first of all, um, the Regans, I love, like, I see the pictures, <laughs> all the traditions, it's huge, it's crazy, mm-hmm. I go to Lynn's holiday party, mm-hmm. uh, and, um, you know, my family's freaking huge, we mm-hmm. have, um, I think I have 
14 first cousins. Yeah, you sent me all of those and little nieces and nephews. And then they all have kids yeah. now. Oh my gosh. So now there's uh, 16 kids. And I actually added a 17th one because I missed oh one last night because I was like, wait, how old? How do you remember all brackets? of them? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, do I get them books? Do I get them like a bonds? Like, because mm-hmm. my whole thing is like, I'm not financially good with money. So I could imagine right now if I had kids, even as much as I'd say <laughs> I'd save for them, yeah. I'd say I'm going to save for myself. I suck. Like if there were bonds that was specifically in my kid's name, mm-hmm. like I can't touch it. I'm not going to mess that up. Right. Like I would just like to set that up for everyone. Not mm-hmm. that I, all my cousins are so much more responsible than I am. I, I have to say I'm probably like one of the, uh, the outs <laughs> ones. Um, and you know what the other thing I noticed about myself during holidays, which is funny I never realized how many times I have to like walk out of the room and be a weirdo and just like sit in the bathroom for like 10 minutes. Oh, yeah. I think that's an ADHD thing. I, okay, as much as I love the holidays and I love being with my family, I love all the, t- that's what I've been talking about this whole time, togetherness and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I will hide in the bathroom. I think Maybe I should find a new spot to well, hide. <laughs> so, and I think that there's a lot to say to that. I think a lot of people, whether they have ADHD or not, do get overwhelmed with the holidays. It's loud. There's a lot of things going on. There's so many people. There's such a need for upkeep and yeah. like having conversations. And so I think just being more open about needing to just like take a minute and being able to communicate that without being like rude or the other person interpreting you as being rude. Um, I will say this last Thanksgiving that we had, we went to Vermont and because we didn't, because we were all staying in the same house and we didn't need to go home right after or like do something later, it was a lot more relaxed because we weren't in a rush to get to the next thing. And I think that's the big thing, right? We're just like, okay, we have to do all this stuff. We're with our family. We have to connect with them and and do everything with them right now. And then like, we'll get to the next thing later. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just... It's the whole concept of slowing down yeah, um, and just like taking a moment. And sometimes you do, yeah, I need like 10 minutes in the bathroom so that I could just have some silence. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I, uh, okay. This is the last random side note that is not here that I'm going to bring up. But you know that I went to my cousin's baby shower. It's my youngest cousin. So of course, like in my head, I'm like, damn, like mm-hmm. I'm really behind schedule here. But he is having a son. Apparently, they're fighting over the name. It's like a funny thing because I'm like, what's the name? And they're like, Baby Russo. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and they're like, well, we're having like a little because he wants a super Italian name. She wants like a more basic name. Yeah. So it's like been an ongoing oh, boy. brawl. So they're waiting to see the child to choose. Oh, that would stress me out. And I'm like, Nick, like, did you guys never have this? Like, so I feel like I always talk to boyfriends mm-hmm. that like, what names I, do you I like? will say that the, I mean, maybe some people stick to their things and this might be an ADHD thing again, but I had names in mind before I even had kids of who, what I would name my kids. Are either one of my kids named any of those names? No, no, they're not. <laughs> you know what I was talking about your daughter's name? two three days ago i was in the car um i don't know why i randomly brought up i was bringing up multiple pupils kids for some reason i was talking to my mom mm-hmm. and i was telling my mom Tallulah was like one of my top names and she's like i've never heard that name before Tallulah." and i was like there was a movie it was an effed up movie mm-hmm. but there was a baby named Tallulah that was like mm-hmm. taken by the maid because the mom was very negligent mm-hmm. and like this whole thing and i was like oh that name is amazing and then i was like and now there's only one Tallulah. yeah and i could never take her name because that's Tallulah. you know that's so funny because i had never heard the name Tallulah either and now when i meet people it's usually older people will tell me that there was like a very famous actress named Tallulah back in like the 60s maybe yeah um and so they're it's really sweet when they think 
back on that because it takes them I don't know what time I've never seen those movies but yeah. it takes them somewhere whenever they hear it they're mm-hmm. like oh my gosh there was this beautiful actress named Tallulah and I, I've actually never even looked her up I should look her up but yeah you um, should like I'm sure there's some cool like yeah, history for but her she um yeah it was a very unique name Dan found the name like a week after I found out I was pregnant um and then can decided to tell everybody that that's what we were naming her even though we didn't even know that she was a girl yet um and I there was no fighting him out of it and it's kind of one of those not that I like made him like or I didn't get to choose or anything like that but I felt like he was so excited to be a dad he was so excited when we found out that it was a girl and I just couldn't like bring myself to tell him not to like how special is it to be like when Tallulah's older like your dad picked your name and knew that that was your name you know what yeah I mean? like is that love yeah. yeah I feel like so. I couldn't steal that if I was like obviously in love with my husband mm-hmm. and like I mean unless my name's wild yeah. but like he's so <laughs> sold on it and so in love with it, I just couldn't steal that mm-hmm. moment I feel like it would just make me feel like good giving that yeah. moment although I really I was obsessed with the Ramona Quimby books growing up and Ramona's I cool. so however I, Ramona from New York uh Real Housewives <laughs> so I thought Ramona was like I mean she was she was pretty not well behaved in the books but I thought she was like this badass little girl I was like oh my gosh my daughter yeah. is gonna be a Ramona um and then I told everybody that name and um they proceeded to start singing that song oh what the, what, what is that song I can't remember, but it's a song about a prostitute, essentially. And so I was like, okay, I guess I, it's done. I, I guess it's ruined. done. I can never, yeah. it's ruined. My last thing that I was just going to say is in these family events, in these family parties, like, like when I go to these, mm-hmm. the one blessing since being in recovery is the people that I've never connected to or had a conversation with that are like the not drinkers that are maybe more isolated. Mm-hmm. I get to have like these really cool combos with them. And, um, at that baby shower shower my aunt's cousin was there connie and Mm -hmm. every time i see her she's so funny and goofy and i never realized so um and her son's been like struggling with a few different things like like uh personal stuff but like body dysmorphia things like that and he's been struggling for years and like multiple people have been telling him he has adhd including his therapist and stuff but he's just like think there's something else like going on here and then after talking to her the other day because we were just talking for so long she's like I think that I have ADHD and I think my son has ADHD from me. <laughs> I just realized that I, I always struggled with eating too as a kid and I never like it wasn't yeah, an like eating put disorder. Two and two I together. Just, yeah. So as we were sitting there, she's like, send me a message. Everything you just said. <laughs> I need to I need to figure this out. And it's like, I need to fix myself. Then she called her make son her take the speaker. Test. Yeah. I was like, just go get an assessment. Yeah. And oh, last note and I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> My mom, I asked her for an IQ test for Christmas, okay? Because I want to, I want to find out if I'm a genius. Because like I think I am. And then, uh, <laughs> you know what she got me instead? A makeup vanity. Oh, fitting. <laughs> I'm like, this does not boost my intelligence. This is not That's give so me a flex. Funny. I That's can't flex so on this. So yeah, um, just a funny little. Thing that's going on right now a little christmas <laughs> stuff coming up oh wait guys before you get off um anybody that is looking at our youtube video i am going to grab one of the little duffels because we do have one here they're so freaking cute so i'm just gonna show you are you kidding <laughs> it's adorable it's huge i want this for the gym my christmas hat so with that 
Um, I would like to thank you for coming on today. Um, so I would like to end this with something a little more like fun. I'm going to ask you your three favorites and you're just going to share a uh, favorite Christmas movie. Um, my favorite Christmas movie, um, probably The Grinch, a classic. I love, I just love the Jim Carrey version. I yes. think he's so funny. And I can't even believe that that was actually a movie that we were allowed to watch. Like, watching it back as an adult, I'm like, yeah. there are so many things in this movie that are so inappropriate, but I love it so much. I can't miss that again. And the kids love the Grinch. They love him. They call him Mr. Yeah. the Grinch. Mr. the um, Grinch. They love all versions, but they do love the Jim Carrey one. They think he's so funny. Um, and, and the baby Grinch in that one. I know. Like- well, so the baby Grinch actually looks like a mutual friend of me and Ashley's. It's been a long running joke. She said it first. Okay. I will say that. Um, but I don't know. It's just like I love the the con the actual concept of the story is really sweet. Yeah. Um, but it was obviously remastered into something really funny. So I love yeah. that I love that movie. Also I love Whoville. Like if yeah. I could if I could live in a Whoville, are you kidding me? Favorite Christmas song. Favorite Christmas song. Oh my gosh. We were just talking about this me and Tallulah because she's like, What's your favorite Christmas song? <laughs> Um, I, I don't know. I love like the old traditional Christmas songs like Blue Christmas mm-hmm. or, um, I was a big Jackson 5 album, like the Christmas. Oh yeah. Album. Those ones, like the ones that you yeah. can dance to, those are always really fun. But yeah. I love like an old, like vintage Christmas sound, like just yeah. that, like, like, like the crackling music. movie. Yeah. yeah, like crackling, cute. Like but whatever. like a little fire. Um, yeah. Frank Sinatra Christmas. Anything Frank Sinatra Christmas. Is yeah. Like love. Love. Um, and then favorite type of person to buy for, meaning like gender, age, uh, like easiest you feel like purchase. Um, kids are always really like. Easy. Just because. There are so many options, like, for a little kid, obviously. Yeah. Like, I just love – there are just so many things, and you just know they're going to open it because they're bright and colorful and loud, and they're just going to love it. Do you tend to gravitate more towards boy kid stuff or girl oh, kid Oh, no, girl stuff? kid stuff all the time. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. What I noticed is that boy toys are more geared towards – um building and like mathematics and like more like brain teasers interesting girl toys are more like imaginary yeah um, like creative yeah which i like i don't know why that that they've associated those things with girl or boy i think that's a little weird i like i find it annoying that there isn't a boy dress-up section I mean, granted, I guess they do have different categories, like mm-hmm. the villains and stuff. But like, I feel like where's like the the powerful, strong, like men? Yeah, like category? There's, they don't, and they don't have any. Like, you can't even get like a like, like Frozen is big, one. right? And if yeah. I could just get Levi like a little like whatever that guy's name is, like the Frozen guy's like outfit or whatever, he yeah. would love that. Yeah. Um, and like stupid stuff like like they'll have some of the superheroes and stuff, but you really only see it around Halloween. Like it's not set up in the girl section, like of toys. There's always a dress up yeah. section. But there isn't one for boys, which I don't understand. Why don't we just like find our niche? We'll just like create a line. Hi guys on Anti Drug Social <laughs> Club website we are now selling boys costumes. Yeah, Please we will we're just gonna we're just gonna start a completely new venture. Extremely expensive, very highly saturated <laughs> With my terrible sewing skills. Oh Do you know God. when I was in sewing class, she would... Did you see Tallulah's me? Halloween costume? Let's not. I'm just as bad. 
So I want to thank you again for coming I also, on. Yeah. I also want to say that um, I have spoken very highly of Daniel on all of these podcasts. Yes, you have. Um, and he was on this podcast recently and he didn't say anything about his amazing, beautiful wife. Yeah, the light of his life, the <laughs> the dawn to his day. He just, I know. It was... I talk about him in such a beautiful, eloquent way. I can't let people know. <laughs> um, but I want to thank you so much for being on the podcast today and yeah, for sharing you. with us some uh, holiday spirit and a little bit more about your cousin uh, Lizzie and how we could honor her. Um, for anybody who is viewing this video or listening to the audio, you can see any of the links for the things we're talking about in the description in the underbar. Again, this podcast was hosted by CFC Loud and Clear Foundation, located in Monmouth and Ocean County, New Jersey. I want to thank you guys and have a great day. Bye. Bye. Bye.